going back to impurity again. So the other definition in the Greek, remember that there's kind of a, a distinction here made between moral uncleanness and physical uncleanness. And I just want to point this out because the, the ironic part to this is the moral uncleanness is really talking about like sexual immorality, which sex is very physical, just pointing that out. Um, but there's a distinction here between sexual immorality or that kind of moral uncleanness. It's an immoral thing. And that's presenting your bodies in an immoral way. The other one is a physical impurity. And Jesus uses this in Matthew 23, 27, when he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs. You're beautiful on the outside, but within you're full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. So my understanding of this, and I don't know that I have a perfect understanding of this, but I'm going to do my best to share what I currently understand this to kind of be referring to. This is not talking about the sexual immorality, but now we're simply talking about impure. It's the, the whitewashed tombs was the idea of the Pharisees would fix up their behavior so they look so good on the outside, but inside they were just dead, absolutely dead. And to me, this is kind of reminiscent of, you know, I've been in some dead religion churches before where you'll, you'll see the people pulling up to church and man, they are screaming and yelling at one another in the parking lot. They are just angry people, outburst of anger, which we're going to get to in a little bit. That's work of the flesh. But here they are just, you know, angry, screaming, yelling. And they're like, all right, we got in the church. Put on your smile really quick. Let's go in and be hypocrites for today. And they do. And they're absolutely dead inside. They go there. They look really good during a sermon. And they walk right back out. And it's back to this lifestyle, which is not a sexually immoral lifestyle, but it's impure in every other way because they're not living purely from the spirit of the living God. They're not living from Christ. They're still carnal in many aspects. Now, the reason these Pharisees ended up this way, why they were impure is because they were following the law instead of following Jesus Christ. Think about this. The Pharisees were the ones that went to seminary or to their, their Pharisee school. They're the modern day pastors. And this would be like Jesus saying, hey, pastor, you're absolutely dead on the inside. You're full of dead men's bones. You're unclean. And basically saying you're not even fit to lead the people. That's who he was talking to in that time. And that's because the Pharisees were just, they were all about trying to fix people up on the outside so they looked good, they had good behavior, but they didn't know how to connect to people at a spiritual level and truly transform people. They were judgmental, kind of the holier-than-thou people that we still have today. Which, by the way, Scripture tells us that knowledge puffs up. The reason people end up with this egotistical, holier-than-thou, judgmental mindset is because they're being fed from the wrong tree. That's what happens when you're being fed knowledge, 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 instead of the Spirit of Christ. Knowledge puffs people up, and it makes them walking around, walk around thinking, I'm better than everyone else because I, I went to a church sermon and know some Bible verses. And yet, Scripture declares for us to not think of ourselves more highly than we ought, but rather to think humbly of ourselves. 
Scripture tells us that God will resist us if we're proud, but he'll give grace to us if we're humble. Man, can you imagine being fed knowledge, becoming prideful from church, church doing this to you, and then God himself saying, I'm going to resist you because of who you're becoming, because of what your church is teaching you and equipping you with. That's very possible, and it actually happens a lot. It's very popular in a handful of denominations that I'm not going to specifically name in this series, but I will tell you my experience. I've been in over 10 different denominations, and I have seen this through at least a handful of some of the extremely popular ones where they just train people from the tree of knowledge, and the people become more and more prideful, more egotistical, more stuck up, and these people just, they, they never really tap into the Spirit of God. And a lot of them are left lacking. They're left with bad doctrine saying, oh, well, it, God is sovereign. He'll just magically come fix everything if he feels like it. And it's like, look, if you would walk by the Spirit of the living God, you wouldn't have all these issues. It's not, that God, it's not God's sovereignty keeping you in your carnal nature. It's the training that you're getting from Pharisees that's keeping you carnal. So that's why we've got to be so, so cautious with what we're feeding on. And we've got to say, look, am I actually being transformed? Am I actually being trained? Look, if you plant an apple tree and no apples ever come off of that thing, chop it down. It's producing no fruit. Likewise, if you have planted yourself in a congregation or a church or a denomination and you are not finding any spiritual growth, no fruit coming off of you, you're not living the overcoming life. You're just being fed a bunch of false pro dead promises for why you should become passive and hope that one day God will get out of there because God already has. He's done it in his son, Jesus Christ. He's delivered you and the freedom comes from Christ. You need people that are connecting you to the spirit of Christ within you. It may still be a little bit of a process, but if you've been there for a really long time and you're not finding freedom, get out. It's Pharisees running that show. And they are impure according to scripture and carnal as well. Back to Galatians 5.19. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Let's talk about sensuality a little bit. Also, you'll notice that there's huge overlap between the very first three things listed. This idea of getting away from the flesh, getting away from the feel-good part of the flesh over to walking by the Spirit of God is reiterated a lot. It's a huge topic. And I believe that's because the, the hooks of the flesh are some of the strongest, deepest hooks throughout the human race, especially in culture today. So this word in the Greek, this word impurity, or no, sensuality, we're on sensuality. So the word sensuality means wantonness or lasciviousness or filthy. It's translated filthy conversation. It's a disposition of the soul not having a struggle with remorse. No restraints. 
It's like a wild dog just running loose. Somebody's let off the leash and they're just going crazy. I'm also going to read from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 19, because this talks about sensuality. It says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardness of their heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. I'm going to keep reading here. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self. That's what we're talking about which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. We see in this passage of Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 24, a lot of topics that have already been touched in this series darkened understanding due to hardness of heart. This is why we've got to cry out to the Lord to break the hardness of our heart if our hearts have become hardened. Callous, giving themselves up to sensuality. That's the issue. So originally, I have heard this taught before and I think I tend to believe this. You know, I will say there's a lot of things that I think we can learn from even if I can't necessarily guarantee for a fact that this is true because I wasn't there. But I will say I've heard before that before the fall of man, Adam and Eve, you know, had at least what we know as the five senses, probably a lot more that they may have had access to. But the idea of tasting and touching and seeing and smelling and hearing, whatever. Yeah, I think that's the other one. Where their senses were sensitive. They were trained to be connected to God. And so it's like the idea of, hey, my, uh, what do I see? Well, I want to see godly things. What do I want to hear? I want to hear godly things. What do I want to feel with touch? I want to feel a godly form of touch. Then I'm going to tell you, you can have godly touch that involves sex. It can be sex with your spouse. There's a godly form of sexual touch. But there's also a form that's sensuality, where now the body says, ooh, that feels good. So let me try to obtain a similar feeling through however, through carnal means. And now what's going on is instead of these senses being sensitive to God, they become sensual where they're now trained. It's that, that hedonism again. It's looking for just whatever pleasure, whatever feels good to me. And it's a sensuality thing. We see right here in Ephesians, those are called deceitful desires. The old self, the carnal mind, the works of the flesh, they are corrupt through deceitful desires. And that's why we cannot simply go off what feels good. We have to renew our mind to God. We have to renew our senses to God. There's actually prophetic training out there you can get where you can go and start more and more 
opening your eyes to seeing through the, the sight of God, to hearing what God is speaking. And maybe you go from wanting to hear filthy conversation to wanting to hear the encouragement and blessings of the Lord. Maybe you go from wanting to see filthy humor and inappropriate memes to wanting to see things that are just and blessings and edifying for the Lord. Maybe your taste buds shift, where now you no longer want to just taste everything that tastes good all day every day until you're ridiculously obese and overweight, but the self-control comes in. You switch from sensuality back to a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit. And instead of just saying, hey, I'm going to chow down on every chocolate cake I can find, you say, hey, I'm going to be sensitive. Yes, chocolate cake tastes good. I know that. But Lord, is this my my carnal nature trying to make me fat? Or is this me actually just kind of following a genuine, maybe spirit-led or, or something more on the spiritual side? And I'm not condemning chocolate cake. I'm not condemning eating food. I'm just saying these are the traps of the, of the, the carnal flesh, the old man, is they use sensuality with deceitful desires. Look, if the desires weren't deceitful, people would be less likely to fall for them. That's why they're deceitful. And that's why we have to have discernment. We've got to be renewed in the spirit of our minds and put on the new self, which is righteousness, which is holiness. Look, if you haven't prayed to God any time recently for righteousness and holiness, consider doing so. Lord, make me more righteous. Make me more holy. Make me think like a righteous man. Make me become a righteous man. I don't want to just look like a righteous man. That's what the, the Pharisees looked like, those whitewashed tombs who were dead on the inside. They looked righteous on the outside, but we call that self-righteous. And the scripture says that's like filthy rags compared to you know who Christ is for us. True righteousness is from the life of Christ in us. So we want to put on the new self, which is Christ. It's the spirit of the living God in us. And he guides us into righteousness and holiness. How about our conversation? Lord, do I have corrupt humor? I used to. I was in the Marines. I was a war veteran. And I'm going to tell you, a lot of military guys come back with really dark humor. That was me. I had absolutely corrupt, filthy speech for a really long time. Those who knew me after I'd come back from war knew that about me. And it wasn't necessarily something I was proud of. I just didn't care. You know, there wasn't a part of me pursuing righteousness and holiness. I was just pursuing laughs. But I will tell you, even as I've pursued the Lord again for righteousness and holiness, he's still got my, I've still got humor, but my humor is a much more Christ-focused type of humor. It's a righteous type of humor, a, a holier humor. Holy humor, that could be a fun title for something. But a lot of the conversation was filthy. And we have to ask ourselves, hey, are we having a filthy conversation? Well, when the Lord started giving me an awakening, which I'll share at some point in another series, uh, a lot of it came with a lot of these prophetic numbers following people around. So at some point I'll do a series on that. But when I started coming back all, uh, to the Lord more and more, all of a sudden I started hearing this verse that I don't even remember. And it was something about uh, do not you know, let filthy speech come out of your mouth. 
And I'm like, wait a second, Jesus. I don't even know where that is in the Bible, but I know it's in the Bible. I look it up and sure enough, there it is. And actually, I'm going to read that verse because it happens to be right here in Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Scripture declares in both Joel 2.28 and Acts 2.17 that God is pouring out His Spirit on all flesh, and sons and daughters will prophesy. That means we're going to speak His words. We need our mouth and our tongue to be bridled to speak His word and not filthy conversation. Don't get caught up in filthy conversation. Don't fall for it. It's sensuality, and it's actually a trap of the carnal nature designed to bring you to death. It's being carnally minded, and that is death. So if you've you've seen that, just keep an eye out for that. Also, keep in mind that as I'm going through the list of the carnal nature again, this isn't just a checklist of, Hey, bad habit. You better go break it. It's not that. These are your check engine lights to say, oh, okay, that's what the carnal nature looks like. There's a lot of people who have never been trained in what the carnal nature looks like because there are many, many churches that are full of carnal Christians, including the leadership. So my hope here is just to give you a checklist for what the carnal nature looks like. And then we're going to go into the fruits of the spirit, which is going to be so wonderful because they are so key to walking by the Spirit of God.